Thank you, Jesus. I, uh, I have great mixed emotions this morning, and here's why. Let me just be honest with you. You know as well as I do that what we've been looking at for the last few months, and I, I'm going to be, I, I guess, I, I guess I am. But uh, right now we're seeking God's will, but I'm going to be stepping into a new role, and, uh, and, and somebody is going to pastor this church in months to come. But we're just praying for God's direction and God's will in that. So when I thought about what I need to say today, I thought, well, you know what? Just because I move into a new role don't mean I don't have a vision. Don't mean that I don't have a place for this church to go to. I believe God has direction for this church. I made a statement here on Wednesday evening. If you were not here, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. And the definition of insanity in some, in some places is that if you do the same thing over and over, expecting to get different results. If you want to change, you got to change. You got to change some things in your life. You got to change. That's that's just the way life is. You want different results. You got to change. You got to do some things different. So, so we are we are going to be looking in the days ahead at changing some things and doing some things new and doing some things different. Look, my dad used to say this. You know what a rut is? My dad's definition of a rut. He said it from this pulpit over and over and over. Does anybody know? What was it, Jimmy? It's a grave with both ends knocked out of it. That's all the rut is. We can't afford to get in a grave with both, both ends knocked out of it. We are going to do whatever it takes to reach our generation. I didn't hear any amen. Thank you, Brother Hodge, for backing me. I said we are going to do whatever it takes to reach our generation and to reach our city and to reach our parish. We need to do whatever we need to do for that to happen. Amen? Paul said it this way. He said, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And when he said all means, that means every way possible to save the lost around us. We got friends. We got family. Everybody in this church has to become a soul winner. You got to lead somebody to Jesus. You got to quit being shy about who you are. You got to step out in faith and proclaim that this is the best life. Amen. This is the greatest thing you can do. This is the best life you can live. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to read a little bit from the Word of the Lord. I'll ask you to stand one brief moment because we're going to honor the Word of God. Then I'll let you be seated. I'm not going to read all that I have written down here because you'd be standing for another few minutes. But I'm going to, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 21, and I'll read a verse at the beginning, verse 7. And then I'll skip down, if you don't mind, and read toward the end of that chapter. Verse 21, or excuse me, Luke 21, verse 7 says this. And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be, and what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? In the next few verses, or the next several verses, Jesus begins to convey to them what is going to happen 
in the end of time. In verse 28, he said this, And when these things come to pass, then look up. Everybody say this with me. Look up. He didn't say look out. He didn't say look around. He didn't say look down. He said look up. And then he said, and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Today, I've never preached what I'm preaching today. I'm preaching look up and lift up your head. Turn to your neighbor and say, look up and lift up your head. Look up and lift up your head. Hallelujah. Amen. I won't be long today. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing so very much in this church. We're almost as bad as the Catholics. I went to a Catholic funeral, and I was my knees were wore out before I got out of there. And I thought we were bad till I went to the Catholic church. But the Catholic church stands and sits down more than we do. I think they probably sit down a little more than we do. But uh, you'll wear yourself out in the Catholic church. And uh, I did. So I learned some things. I learned we weren't so bad after all. Everybody said amen. The signs of the times. This is Luke 21. I've often preached in Matthew 24. It's a very intriguing chapter concerning the end of all things. It will tell you exactly what to expect. I don't think there's any argument today when you read Matthew 24 or Luke 21 that we are living in those days. We've preached about those days. We've talked about those days. I think it was Brother Creekmore here a few weeks ago that talked about how that we have expected him. I remember the war of 1967, and uh, I remember everybody thinking, well, Jesus is coming. The barbed wire fence is coming down. All the things that are happening in the Middle East and, uh, the, you know, it was just John Kershaw was preaching youth camp at that time, and it just scared the living daylights out of everybody. And we thought, well, this is it. The Lord is coming, but he didn't come. And then comes 88 reasons why the Lord will come in 88. And uh, some of you had, didn't even know there was a world then, so I'm speaking long ago. But there was a lot of preachers that put their faith in that. Well, the Lord's coming. Here's what I can tell you. The Lord is still coming. The signs are still happening, and they're more prevalent than they've ever been in the history of the world. If you go read Luke 21, he starts off by talking about deceit, and he talks about the things that are going to happen, wars and commotions and, and things that are going to come to pass. He talks about earthquakes in diverse places. Do you know that we had an earthquake in Louisiana this week? Louisiana has hurricanes, not earthquakes. But we had an earthquake in northwest Louisiana this week. And when I heard that, all every time I hear something like that, my mind just goes to the fact that, hey, it's just another sign of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are living in the days of the coming of the Lord. I'm not going to preach about the coming of the Lord today, although I could. I'm just here to tell you the day and the hour in which we live are very, very important. It is now time. 
now time for the Lord to, for us to do what the Lord told us to do in Luke chapter 21 and verse 28. Because he said when all of these things start happening, when these things start look, taking place, he said, here's what I want you to do. Look up and lift up your head. For your redemption is drawing nigh. What you believed in and what you planned on and what you are excited about is about to take place as surely as I'm standing in this pulpit today. So, there is no time, pardon me, to fall in love with the world. This is not a time to look at the world. I want to give you some scripture today. Very, very simple things that I want to say to you this morning. Because here's what we do. We get our eyes on the world. We get our eyes on the happenings in our family, in our everyday life, and what's happening in the politics of America, what's happening in the politics of our parish. And we get consumed with life, and it overtakes us. And, and our eyes are on nothing but our surroundings, what we're looking at. And, and it scares us at times, and, and we become a, a little weary of the news. Have you noticed that all the news is bad news? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. They don't get good ratings when they say, well, the sun was shining today and people are healthy and everything's doing good and your money's good. That, that's not what, well, that might make you happy, but that's not what gets the ratings. What gets the rating is there was a mass shooting over here, and there was somebody over here that robbed a bank, and, the, and there was somebody here that died, and all the bad news is what gets the attention of the world. But I want to tell you, you can't get in love with the world. I want to preach to you for just a moment today. Here's what the Bible said in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affection. So the, the obligation and the duty of every child of God on this Sunday morning is to put our affections up here, not here, up here. He said not on the earth, but set your affections. I could go through the scripture and talk about the affections of the people of God today. But let me tell you what's going to happen in these last days. The church has to fall in love with Jesus Christ all over again. Our greatest joy ought to be when we are setting our affections on the things that are above. You do not have time to look around. You do not have time. You know what the Bible said? You should be looking to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Just stay with me a little while today because it's important what you're looking at. You want me to preach a little bit? It's important what you look at every day. It's important what you put into your mind and into your, your eyes, the Bible said, are the light of your body. And what goes into your eyes goes down to your soul. Come on now. That's what the Bible said. That's why we don't watch certain things. That's why we don't look at certain things. That's why we got to keep our eyes holy before God. But I'm preaching more than just about our eyes. I'm talking about what we shouldn't look at, but 
we should look at the author and the finisher of our faith. Every day when you get up, you ought to have your eyes on him. Every day when you walk through life, you ought to have your eyes upon the Lord because he said, you better look up. Your redemption is almost nigh and you need to see what God can be in your life. Hallelujah. I like it. When the way maker comes through it, he's coming through. And you better recognize that we are standing on the brink of the end of everything. Everything is about to be over in this world. I don't say that to scare you. I say that to alert you. Because here's what's got to happen. The church cannot afford to get to looking at everything else, everybody else, what's happening in the negative, what's happening around us, and lose our faith. We have to keep our eyes upon him and set our affairs upon things above. Let me tell you a little story about a man that you know and you've heard of. His name was Simon Peter, and he saw Jesus coming across the water, walking on the water, and he was in the boat, and the wind was blowing, and the storm was there, and here comes this figure walking across the water, and Simon Peter sees him and said, Lord, bid me to come unto thee. And you know the story, how that Simon stepped out of the boat in faith with his eyes upon the Lord and began to walk on water. Now, that's, that's a miracle. You can't walk on water. Go try it. Just go try to walk across the Washtenaw River today. But it was a storm and a man walking on the water. Here's what I want you to see. He took his eyes off of the master and he put his eyes on the sea. Here's how I know that. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 30, but when he saw the wind boisterous. He saw, you can't see wind. Everybody knows you can't see wind. It's blowing out there today. You can, you can feel it, but you can't see it. But I'll tell you what Simon saw. He saw the effects of what was happening around him. The Bible said he saw the wind boisterous and he was afraid and began to sink and he cried, Lord, save me. You know what he did? He got his eyes on his surroundings. He got his eyes on all the things that were happening and he couldn't keep his eyes on G, you can't look at the world and look at God at the same time because let me tell you his ways are higher than our ways his thoughts are higher than our thoughts he is way above where we are and if you get your eyes off of, of the president and the vice president and the congress and the senate and the mayor and the city council and the police chairman and your eyes off of the sin that's running rampant in our world and you get your eyes on him it's a whole different level because what you'll see is miracles and signs and wonders and the glory and the power of God that's why he said in these last days don't be deceived but look up because your redemption is almost here somebody shout amen 
Help me preach up in here today because it's no time for looking around. Peter, you would have never sank if you hadn't looked at the wrong things. And when you saw the wind boisterous, it struck fear in your heart. And suddenly you began to sink and you had to have him to put his hands out and pick you back up. Let me tell you today, if you want to stay above the water, if you want to stay above the fray, if you want to stay above the trouble, if you want to stay above the society that you live in. Look up and lift up your head. Hallelujah. That's what this church has to do. I said that's what this church has to do. Well, they're talking about, who cares if they talk about us? They talked about Jesus. Well, they don't like, who cares if they don't like us? The Bible said you'll be hated of all men for my name's sake. I'm not in this for popularity contest. I'm not in this to say who likes me and who don't. I'm in here to be saved. And if I'm going to be saved, i got to get my eyes on the author and the finisher of my faith. And that is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm looking up. I'm not looking down. I'm not looking around. I'm not looking any other way. I'm looking up today because he didn't say look any other way. He said look up because your redemption is near. Hallelujah. You can't look back. A lot of folks try to live looking back. You can't look back. You may prove that to you. There's a lady in the Old Testament that God delivered her from a city of sin, and the angels had her by the hand and led her outside on the side of a mountain and said, Escape to the mountains. And this is what they said Look not behind you. Neither stay thou on all the plains. He said, the, the angel said, just get out of here and don't look back. Well, well, you know what? God delivered Lot and Miss Lot and their two daughters. But Miss Lot decided she'd give it a whirl. And she tried to go up the mountain looking over her shoulder. Now you got to understand, she lost her home. She lost some kids. She lost some friends. She lost a lot of things back in Sodom. And perhaps she was, was wondering what was going to happen to that city because God was about to judge it because of sodomy. And she turned around on the side of that mountain and looked back at where she came from and she turned that day into a pillar of salt. Is anybody hearing me today? This is why in the New Testament, Jesus was teaching one day, and suddenly he turns and stops and says, remember Lot's wife. That's all he said. He didn't, he didn't go into the story. He didn't try to explain it. They knew. He said, remember Lot's wife. What about Lot's wife? She looked back. That's why he wrote in the scriptures. He, he, he put this for us to read in Luke 9 at 62. Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow, looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You can't look back and serve God. You can't be successful looking over your shoulder and reaching for the world that you just left. So you can't look around and you can't look back because if you do, there's danger coming. But if you look up, everything is going to be okay. Right. 
Pastor, I'm just going through so much in my life. I don't know if I can make it. You can make it. Here's what you have to do. David said this, Psalms chapter 3, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, Selah. But thou, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory, and this is what he said, and the lifter of mine head. You know what? I've got a hold of something that, the world don't have and when I see all this stuff happening I just have to go to the lifter of my head because what he'll do is he'll take you by the chin he'll say quit looking down look up quit looking around look up quit looking back look up because here's where we are in 2024 we are in the most strategic times the church has ever seen in the history of this great church we are living in the days when God has promised great revival the promises of the last day I'm telling you there is no promise like the promise of the last day Joel picked up his pen in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28 talking about the last day he said it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and upon the servants and upon the handmaids. In those days will I pour out my spirit. He said I'll show wonders in the heaven and in the earth blood and fire and pillars of smoke. This The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord has said. And in the remnant whom the Lord shall call that very scripture was quoted by Simon Peter on the day of Pentecost when he said, Brothers and sisters, these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it's only the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Does anybody believe that with me here this morning? Does anybody believe that promise here this morning? that everybody can have the baptism of his spirit, that everybody can call upon the name that is above every name. I'm preaching to you this morning. Don't be despondent. Don't be in despair. Look, I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how many people they report that's died. I don't care how tough Hamas is. I don't care how many ships they attack in the ocean. I don't care what's going on in the world. Here's what I know. The church has got to look up. The church has got to lift up your head. The church has got to be the church of 2024. We can't afford to be anything else. We are living in the times of great revival. So look up. Somebody shout, look up. Come on, you got to get your head up. You got to know where you're going. You got to have his hand day by day. He's your circumference and, and guide. He's everything that surrounds you. He's everything that engulfs you. You need him to guide you every day of your life. And the only way you can do it is to look up and look into the eyes of the Lord. 
I'm preaching to you today. It just hit me early, early this morning. When I awoke, when I awoke, the scripture, I don't know where it even came from, but the Lord said to me, look up, look up. He said, I'll, I'll be the lifter of your head if you'll look up. I don't know how to tell you any other way except to tell you last Sunday I preached to you about the voice of God and I want to hear the voice of God. But in order for me to hear the voice of God and see the moving of God, I've got to look up to the Lord. You ever seen somebody who was beaten and depressed? They got a hung head. Am I right? They're looking down. They don't have much hope. They don't, they, they, they don't talk positive. They talk negative. They're just, they're just whipped down like a, a whipped puppy. And, 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 and they, they can't lift their head. Let me tell you something today. There's no time for the church to be that way. I, I, there's an old song that comes to my mind. Been through the fire. The fire couldn't burn it. Been fed to the lions. The lions couldn't eat it. Fought a lot of wars and never defeated. It's the church triumphant. Hallelujah. Let the wind blow. I'm keeping my eyes on him. Let the storm come. I'm keeping my eyes on him. I'm not looking. You know what? In order for Peter to see what the sea was doing, he had to look down. And when he looked down, he saw the waves and he saw the wind and he saw the effects of what was happening and he became afraid. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, you can't afford to look at that. If you read the morning newspaper or watch the morning news or the evening news, that's all you listen to. You'll get depressed. That's why you have to pick up the Word of God and you have to turn to the back of the book and you have to find out the church is victorious. The church is going to be okay. You're on the winning team. You're on the side that's going to stand before him and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I refuse to look around, look down, look back. I am looking up and I'm going to lift my head to do that today. I didn't realize when we sang this old song, I didn't realize how important it was until I got to studying. What we look at matters. There's a great sermon in that. David said in the Psalms, I will set no evil thing before my eyes. I've heard a lot of sermons in my time about what you watch. That's why televisions have buttons and knobs and remote controls. We don't preach against them. I got one. But let me tell you this right here. can be as bad as your television and way, way worse. Any preacher who preaches against television won't preach against a cell phone or a computer is a hypocrite. You go tell them I said that. Because this right here carries a world of bad news. I can flip a few buttons in here. I can do good or I can do bad. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of what you're looking at. It's a matter of where your eyes are casting your vision. Got quiet in here, didn't it? 
That's why if you're going to go to a movie, you've got to go to one that's good. You can't go to one that's bad. That's why you turn the television on in your home. That's why in the name of God you even pay for HBO. There's nothing but rotten junk on there. Y'all didn't expect all this, did you? It matters what you look at. Do you know there's more addiction to pornography since we got computers and cell phones especially than there's ever been in the history of the world? People are addicted to pornography. It's what you look at. So when you look around, you could say, oh, boy, and this you've heard this statement. I'm just being honest with you today. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. You ever heard anybody say that? That's because things aren't like they used to be. Things aren't like they used to be. Look, I was raised hard. I was raised real hard. I thank God for my raising because it put some values in me. It put some things in me that I needed to know. The world is not hard. The world is painting you a picture of glamour. And, 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 you know, they paint you a picture that isn't true to make you look. They'll paint you a picture over a television screen or an ad or a commercial or a cell phone or a magazine of something that is completely untrue. They'll make it look so good. And when you look at that, your eyes say, whoa, that's good. But they, they don't show you the end results. They don't tell you that the prisons are more full than they've ever been. They don't tell you there's more people addicted to drugs than there's ever been. They don't tell you that there's more alcoholics than there's ever been. They don't tell you that suicide is more than it's ever been, and it is the number one killer in America. They don't tell you that. They just want you to look at all, look, this looks good. This looks glamorous. This looks great. This looks exciting. They appeal to the eye, and the eye goes to the heart, but could I appeal to you on a Sunday morning to let you see a cross with blood? Could I appeal to you to let you see a church that is blood-bought, a church that is powerful in its time, a church that has faith that's going to get out of this world? I believe he's coming after a church without spot or wrinkle because he said that he was. And in order for us to do that, we have to see the things that God wants us to see. When we see that, our hunger will be for souls our hunger will be for prayer. Nobody will have to beg us to come to the house of God. Our hunger will be for Jesus Christ because we see the things of God in our life. Look up. I see him today standing with an outstretched hand. I see him now. And I, I, could, I could read all the stuff. Go read it. Matter of fact, that's your assignment for the day. Go read the full chapter of Luke 21. I don't have time to read it all. He talked about people being deceived. He talked about wars, rumors of wars. He talked about earthquakes. He talked about famines. He talked about pestilence. He talked about children turning against parents and parents turning against children. Jesus talked about it all. He talked about what to expect the closer we get to the coming of the Lord. And then he stopped and he said, but when you see those things come to pass, speaking to us, speaking to us, when you see those things happening, you better be looking toward the sky. Because he's about to come. You know what the Bible said? You know who Jesus is coming for? 
I'm going to give you a scripture today. You know what Jesus said? He's coming for those who are looking for his glorious appearing. You can't be looking down looking for Jesus. You've got to be looking up. The old song said this. I was headed there when I got on a rabbit. But here's what it said. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Then the things of this world, they'll grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Would you sing that with me as we stand? Why don't we turn our eyes upon Jesus? Look full in his wonderful face. Then the things of the earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Listen to me right now. The devil is a mastermind at getting you focused on everything else around you. He'll have you focused on your job, your house, your family, your money. He'll get you focused on everything else around you. But you, you can't stay focused on that. All that's important, but nothing's more important than what I'm preaching today. Because when you get up in the morning, you've got to be looking to the author and the finisher of faith. You've got to be looking to the one that's going to get us out of here. When I go through the day, I'm, I've got I to keep looking up. I've got to keep lifting my head. I've got to keep looking because he said look up. That's why you need to turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look for in his wonderful face. And then the things of this old world, oh yeah, they'll grow straight. of his glory would you just put your hands up all over this room and sing it with me this morning let's turn our eyes upon Jesus let's look for in his wonderful face and then the thief of this earth they will grow strangely dead in the eye of his glory here's what I'd like for us to do today if you don't mind everybody no matter who you are where you come from it's no trick would you just come meet me around the front we're going to stand here this morning 
And we're going to pray that God would focus us back on the things that we need to be focused on. Let me tell you what, let me tell you what, while you're coming, the church cannot become just another place, just another club, just another social event, just another place to fellowship. I love all that we do. I love everything that happens around here. But nothing's more important than saving us and getting us out of here. Rapture ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. That's what the message of this church has to be in 2024. Bringing people to the cross. Bringing them and letting them feel the presence and the power of God. Letting blood cover us. The blood of Jesus cover our sins. The blood of Jesus washing us clean getting ready to meet him, getting ready to stand before him. Come on now, I preached to you this morning and you know I'm telling the truth. Don't let, don't let your eyes be glued on things around you, things below you, things behind you. Let them be glued on him, the above, the above. He said, lift your eyes, lift them up, look up. Lift your head. Look up because he's coming. So turn. Come on, sing it with me. Put your hands up all over this room right now. Upon Jesus. Upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Then the things, the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of this glory. I want you to, while we sing it, I want you to just say, Lord, would you refocus my eyes? Would you let me see what you want me to see? Would you let me see, God, the eye through the eyes of the Lord where we are this morning? Look full. In his wonderful face. Oh, that the things of this world will grow strangely in the light of his glory. When John wrote of the seven churches or to the seven churches of Asia, he wrote to a church that was called Laodicea. You'll find it in the third chapter of the book of Revelation where John began to write to Laodicea. And he said, I know your works. But he said, listen, this is what he said. You think you are rich and increased with goods and you have need of nothing. That's what you think you are. But he said, I got some news for you. You are blind, you are naked, you are wretched, and you are poor. And this is what he instructed them. I'm not quoting it verbatim, but this is what he said. He said, Laodicea, you need to anoint your eyes with the eyesight of the Spirit. Your eyes, you're seeing the wrong things. You need to anoint your eyes. You gotta get your eyes focused on me. You're looking at all this stuff. We've been blessed. Anybody in this room been blessed? I've been blessed. I'm gonna eat good today. I'm gonna drive home in a good truck. 
I'm, I got on good clothes today. I got a great family today. I've been blessed. But it's more to life than material things. It's more than just money in the bank and shoes on your feet and clothes on your back and food on your table. Because here's what he said. You think you're rich and increased with goods and you don't need anything. But he said in the spirit, you're wretched and poor and blind and naked. And I'm asking you, Laodicea, anoint your eyes with ISAB. You know what ISAB is? Somebody say that's the Holy Ghost. Anoint your eyes with the ISAB of the spirit. Let the Holy Ghost talk to you. And let your vision become better because you are looking at the wrong things. Because if you get your eyes off all this and get your eyes up here, it won't matter what the stock market does. It won't, come on now. It won't matter. You say, oh, Pastor, my retirement's there. Mine too, a little bit of it. But let me just tell you this. It don't matter to you anymore. It won't matter near as much. Let me put it that way. What won't matter is when is he coming? Am I ready to meet him? Am I living the way I ought to live? Am I walking in the Holy Ghost every day? Am I giving this my very best shot? Your job won't take precedence. Your, your money won't take precedence. Nothing will override your heart for God because you're looking at the right things. So you've got to turn your eyes upon him today. You've got to look full in his face so the things of the world will go dim in the light of his glory and grace. Say it with me, look up. Say it with me loud, look up. Say, lift up your head. That's the instructions of Jesus Christ because our redemption is drawing nigh. You want to know my vision? To have a church that is called the Bride of Christ. You want to know where we need to go? We need to get focused on Him so that we can do His work like we've never done His work before. None of us are exempt. We've got to get in the game. We've got to get out of the grandstands. We've got to do what God wants us to do. I love you this morning. Thank you for listening to me on this Sunday morning. I hope that you'll take to heart what I've preached today. I hope that you'll inspect your vision. You'll inspect your surroundings. And every day when you get up, every day, look, sir, it may be when you get in the truck, shut the door, turn the radio off in the morning, okay? Turn it off and look up and say, Lord, talk to me today. Let me hear what you're saying today. God, be